Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello and happy holidays if you are listening to this in December when it drops. If you're listening to this after, this episode isn't even about the holidays, so that's fine. But I'm recording the intro in December and we are dropping this in mid-December. So you might hear I have my fire place crackling beside me. I'm sitting in my living room recording this for y'all, having some hot tea, having a little bit of dark chocolate, and then just enjoying a chill afternoon, getting some work done at home, and it feels really good. It has been a hectic few weeks. I don't know if y'all are feeling that, but there's a lot of energy going on. There's a lot of things happening. as always do around the holidays. I think that some of us got a little bit spoiled last year with not having a lot going on and too many plans during the holidays. And it's back and up and running this year, I feel like. So I wanted to make sure y'all know before we jump into this week's episode, um, make sure to check in the show notes. I have a freebie for y'all, a PDF that talks about having a fun and flowy holiday and just doing a few things. I think there's like five or six simple steps on there just to make it a little less stressful, a little more filled with flow and ease, and just a little bit more joy. So that is in there for you in the show notes for free. The new intro to human design freebie is in there. And then you can connect with my guest that you will hear from today, Kyla Ward-Bowen on Instagram. She's awesome to follow on there. We had an awesome little chat. It is not too long of an episode, but man. Okay. So, uh, we had our kiddos a little less than a year apart. She had her little boy right in the middle of the pandemic. And I had Caroline a few months before the pandemic started. And this isn't really too much. We don't talk about the pandemic very much at all. It's mainly just talking about the shift to motherhood and man, we talked about so many really good juicy things. We chatted about speaking your truth as a mom. Um, Well, speaking your truth always. Kyla is a manifester and she has dealt with having Hashimoto's thyroid issues. And we talk a little bit about that and what that has to do with being a manifester in human design type and your throat chakra and speaking your truth and all that. But we also talked a lot about the shift to motherhood We talked about mom guilt, about really grieving and mourning your previous life before becoming a mom and how that's normal and totally okay. We talked about gratitude in the midst of all of that and also just like the different ways that we are raising our children that look a lot different from how we were raised and sort of the evolution of child rearing. There's no like 
shaming or anything like that that goes on with different ways of raising kiddos. It's just talking about like figuring out what works for you, what didn't work for you as a child growing up and the conditioning that you were put under and all that kind of stuff and sort of undoing some of that for our kiddos. And that's what human design is all about. I've talked about this before, but human design was created for children, for parents raising children so that they do not have to decondition as much as we're having to right now. Spend less money on therapy in the future. So that was the main purpose of it, but it's also very useful, again, for just relationships in general, for building your business, for ease and flow in life and, and tapping into your exact energy type and all that kind of stuff. If you don't know anything about all of that, feel free to click on the human design freebie. The holiday ease freebie, I think one of the steps leads to the human design freebie. So if you want to just do the holiday ease freebie, you can totally do that too. But definitely listen in to this episode. If you love it, please take a screenshot, tag me at you do woo and tag Kyla if you would like to, if you go follow her at the mama Cotto. I have it in the show notes and I hope that you love it. I hope that it is fun for you to listen to. We get pretty vulnerable and talk about a lot of things having to do with being a mom and human design too, just about like utilizing that to make things a little bit easier. Kyla is one of my one-on-one clients and we're in the middle of doing a deep dive into her chart. That's like a seven week long program. And I'm super excited for that. If you want more information on that, um, I'm not going to be opening it for a couple of months again, but it is a really amazing container, a small group of women, and I'm accepting people for the wait list for the next time we do it. It'll either be end of January or sometime in February. So just send me a DM or an email or whatever and to claim your spot on the wait list for that. And I believe that's all. Enjoy the episode and happy holidays. Okie dokie. I'm so excited for this episode today. I am chatting with one of my human design clients, Miss Kyla Bowen. Kyla's out in California and I originally was coaching her on some entrepreneurship stuff, but a lot of motherhood stuff came up and we've been keeping in touch and just sort of chatting about all of our, each of our journeys in motherhood. So Kyla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Okay. So y'all, all of you manifestors out there, manifestor, human design type, Kyla's a manifestor. And if you can't tell by her voice, she has just like, I'm saying you have like such an amazing, soothing, wonderful, like your voice has a cool tone to it. I was like, you should start your own podcast sometime, <laughs> but she has like a 16 month old. So I was like, it can be later on if you want to. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to talk about all the things I want to talk about human design, deconditioning, motherhood, all of this kind of stuff. So you found out about human design before you and I chatted it, or did you find out about it through me? So I found out about it through you. And I think you sent me a link where I could go and figure out my energy type. And I remember doing it and it said I was a manifester. And 
honestly, when I first saw that, I was like, this has got to be a hoax. Like everyone wants to be a manifester. I know nothing about this, but like the fact that it said I'm a manifester. So then I, I actually did the chart for my husband and my son and my sister, and they were different. And that's when I was like, I was like, wow, like this is a thing. And I think I reached out to you because I was so intrigued by it. Awesome. And I think that was several months ago, like April or May. Yeah. So how has learning about your energy type? And I know we did a deep dive and we went through a lot of like your channels engaged and all of that kind of stuff that's specific to you, not just manifestors, but how has learning about your whole human design chart helped you in the past few months? Well, I think the biggest thing is when I realized that as a manifester, your energy comes and goes, it was just so eye-opening because I think my whole life I've known this about myself, but I always thought it was a flaw. I thought like I would feel so guilty whenever I would feel exhausted or burnt out and I would need that time for myself. Mm -hmm. So I think like learning that that's how my energy type is and that it's okay to stop and be like, no, I need to take a break today. I need to take a nap. I need to do whatever it is, was just so relieving. And it just, it took, it gave me a lot of my power back knowing that I could just you know, take that time just for me. So that's been the biggest, definitely the biggest shift for me, um, in learning about my energy type. Nice. And I know too, with manifestors, like using your voice is a big deal. Um, and speaking your truth and all of that kind of stuff. How has that looked for you? How has that changed? Oh my gosh. It's, it's crazy because as a child, I was very shy. I, I didn't use my voice most of my youth. I was the person in my class that would sit in the back, like raise my hand and answer a question, but not socialize. I was just such a shy child. So I spent years not using my voice. And when I was 21, I don't believe, I don't know if I told you this, Allison, but when I was 21, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. It was Hashimoto's. And Thyroid. Yes. Yes. So I just feel like it's all so tied together. And I think as an adult, I've spent a lot of time trying to regain that voice. And once learning about my, my energy type and realizing how important it was, I think I've really tried to put the focus on just communicating and communicating through my voice and less through text messages and chatting and emails. It's like, I'm trying to learn how to speak my truth. I love that. I, I remember we were sort of boxing back and forth about that a little bit. And that was like a huge thing of like, like being able to tell people in your life, like, here's my boundaries, here's what I'm doing. And this is what this looks like for me. And then they can choose to respect that or not or whatever, you know what I mean? But like that, I remember you coming to that realization and just being like super magnetic and super powerful. Yeah. I I can always tell when I'm getting a little bit off course, when I'm not setting the boundaries or when I'm people pleasing and it just, it feels so draining and depleting. So I, yeah, it's definitely like giving me so much power to realize this and know how to like shift it. Awesome. And then you have a 16 month old little boy who just started walking. So that's exciting. I was going to ask you like, what things have you learned? I forget what type is he, what energy type is he? Um, I believe he's a projector. Okay. That's going to be, I mean, you know, when they're so little and they don't speak yet and all this kind of stuff, it's sort of hard. But once they start, once they turn two or three and start talking and all of that is when you sort of see some of this stuff coming out. I just wanted to talk to you sort of about finding out about this at the beginning of your child's life, like I did. And 
what ways are you going to parent differently, I guess, knowing about this and like preventing deconditioning and all that stuff that we talk about in human design? I think a lot of it, I haven't really deep dove into his energy type and that is something I really want to do, but I do feel like the biggest thing right now is just allowing him to feel his feelings. That has been my biggest focus. And you know, knowing he's 16 months and now he's walking and he's opening doors and getting into all these things that brings a lot of frustration for him as well. So it's, it's been me trying to be really hyper aware of that. And when he's having these meltdowns, knowing how to comfort him, but not like change, change what's going on for him, letting him still feel that feeling and know that it's okay to feel this way. Um, that's the biggest thing that I've been focusing on. Um, I don't know how you've been doing that with your daughter, but I would be very curious to know, because I think that's, that's been my biggest thing. And I think as a child as well, I was raised in a family where we didn't really get to show our emotions too much. Um, if we were having, if we were having a temper tantrum, or even if we were crying, I have, I have relatives that would say like, stop, stop your blubbering. Like, I remember that quote so clearly that like, we almost were brought up to believe it's not okay to show those feelings. So I just want Reese to really be allowed to do that. And, you know, he is a boy and I think society also doesn't allow for a lot of emotions in little boys. So I really, I think it's so important. Yeah, totally. I think that I don't think it's any fault to like our parents because it was, we didn't know a lot of these things at, you know, in the eighties and nineties. I'm going to have my sister on the podcast soon. She's a child therapist and she's also a projector and I'm a generator. So growing up with me was not an easy thing. (laughs) It was like, my parents are both generators too. So she was like the projector growing up in a generator world and all of the generator aspects of like, go, go, go do this. This is the way you do it. Blah, blah, blah was put onto her. And she felt that from a really early age. So I'm, I'm excited because I'm going to talk to her about all of those things. And I maybe I can get your input on some questions that you might have for Reese, you know, being a projector and all that kind of stuff too. But I do, she's recommended a lot of different like books and podcasts and stuff. One, one podcast that I really love is called Unruffled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about, um, it's mainly for toddler age, which is great. And it talks about, speaking to your toddlers and letting them have their feelings. And the reason that, that it's so hard is not because the toddler is, is like having such, they are having a hard time. Their brain is going through ridiculously huge changes and it's just like nuts for them right then. It's almost like when we, we go through puberty, they're like toddlers are going through that with their brain, like everything's changing. But for us, for adults, it's, really uncomfortable to hear somebody upset. And so it's almost like we have to work on being comfortable with other people being uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like being okay with it and letting other people have their feelings. Cause I remember growing up, people were like, you know, family members or teachers or whatever were like, Oh, what's the matter? Why are you crying? Stop crying. What, how do I get you to stop crying? Like, how do I make this stop? Uh And it's like, well, crying isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes you just have to process it and all of that stuff. Now, whining is a totally different thing. And the gal on Unruffled says 
to sort of start if they're just whining over and over and not crying and not having a temper tantrum, but they're just like whining to get something. I always tell Caroline, I'm like, Caroline, your whining is really hurting my ears. Let's, you know, come point to me. What do you want? You know, like going through all of those things. But then if she's having like a temper tantrum or she's crying, I try to get down on her level and be like, hey, are you feeling sad? Are you feeling mad? Are you mad at me? Are you frustrated at X? You know what I mean? And they can't, even if once they, they, when they can't talk yet, just they get that you're trying to understand them. And that's like very comforting, you know? Yeah, totally. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And just being like, hey, I get upset too. It is okay to cry. It is okay to have all of these feelings. It is okay to be angry to, you know, all of this stuff and just like making sure that they know that that is, that is normal and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Unruffled is a great podcast for that. Love it. I can put it in the show notes too. Uh, I'm learning like so much with that, but it's all, I mean, every freaking day you have something new to learn with your toddler. It's truly do. <laughs> I feel like the other part of it is also like trying to not project my own feelings onto mm-hmm. him, like my own fears or my own anxieties or whatever I'm going through. It's like, for example, I, you know, I mentioned he walked the other day and I have a video of it when he was taking his first steps and my face is just priceless. Mm-hmm. I looked terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully he was walking towards my husband, but it's just like all those moments when you're like, you're trying not to put your own fears because yeah. of course I don't want him to think like walking is a scary thing and we, we shouldn't do this, but it's, it's just like being aware of that. Yeah. It's crazy. I always say that like, she's my little guru. I've learned more in the last two years than ever in my life. It's, it's crazy. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So I did want to talk to you a little bit about shifting to motherhood. This was one thing that I don't know, was really, I went through a little bit of like postpartum depression and anxiety, but once that cleared up, I still felt this like deep grief and deep mourning, like M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G for who I was before becoming a mom. And that is like totally separate from my love for my child. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yes, I love my child more than anything else in this entire world. And I deeply grieve my life before her. (laughs) Does does that make sense? And, And it's exactly what you're saying is exactly how I've been feeling. And I, it's so interesting. It's so good to hear someone else say this too, because I feel like it's something I haven't really opened up too much about because there's this sense of like guilt and shame there. That's just like a low line guilt and shame of why am I feeling like this? I love my son so much. I love spending time with him, but there's moments when I think like, I think to myself, oh my gosh, I wish I could do whatever the case may be. And it's like, no, I have a different life now. I can't just like up and leave for a weekend and be like, okay, I'm going to take some time to myself. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. And it's, it's interesting because I, I kind of felt alone in those feelings because not many people really talk about it. And yeah. I think like going on social media, you see, you see a lot of um, other mothers posting about their lives and it appears really perfect. And they're just so happy all the time. And Sometimes, I mean, there are days when I don't feel happy and I'm like, it's nothing to do with my son. It's nothing to do with any of that. It's just, it's just such a big shift. And it's something that I think 
no one can prepare you for. There's just so much about motherhood that until you go through it, it's just, you don't really understand it. I almost want to start like writing these things down, like in the notes section of my phone, like the weird, um, polar polarized thoughts of becoming a mom where it, okay, I can't wait for her to go to bed. And then once she goes to bed, I miss her. Like I want to hang out with her or I like want to check on her or whatever. And I'm like, am I a crazy person? Like what's happening right now? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I, I feel the exact same way every night. I'm so happy when he goes to sleep and like one or two hours later, I'm it's, it happens all the time. My husband called me out on it the other day. Cause I'm yep. sitting on the couch and I'm like, Oh, I really just wish I could hang out with Reese. I just want to give him a hug. And he's like, you say this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's little like parts of each day that are like that. It's the weirdest thing. And part, I always like, maybe I think too hard about this, but I'm always like, okay, has this happened like for all of eternity with mothers? And I sort of think that it probably didn't used to happen because of two things. One, people used to have kids at like age 14 or 15. Do you know what I mean? So like they didn't really have like, uh, they were children. And then once they went through puberty, they started having kids. So they never really had like a life like an independent life before kids. So they didn't really know what they were missing that. And then people also used to live in tribes where they had a way more help raising their young children than we do now. So it wasn't as much of a burden on them. Does that? Yeah, those are really valid. I, I actually never thought about either of those two things, but that makes so much sense, especially the like not knowing, I think that, having children earlier and just not having that sense of like independent lifestyle. Yeah. I never even thought about that, but that is true because it's like, there's a big, I mean, for me, I waited until I was 33 to have my first child. So I had a big chunk of, and I'm, I mean, so many people do that's, that's so true. And then the tribal aspect is very relevant. I feel, especially the last year or two, you know, it's, it's been extra isolating. Yeah. And if you just only have one kid, like once you have more kids, if if you choose to have more kids or or are able to have more kids, like then they can sort of play together. Do you know what I mean? And you get a little bit more time or your older kids can take care of your younger kids. Back when people had like six, seven, eight, nine kids and it was like a little less burdensome on the mother. And these days we just are it's a huge I mean. I know it sounds like a terrible word, but it's a huge time and energy burden that never existed in humanity before. So I think we just have to give ourselves a little grace in that way um, because we're sort of doing it on our own Uh and that it's really not meant to be that way. I hope that all of the changes that are going on in the world are pushing us towards more living in community and tribal type stuff again. um, I know that that's going to take a little while, but I think that that will make a lot of things easier and, and, and like take a little bit of that burden off. But I don't, I did a podcast episode about mom guilt several months ago. And I sort of talked through some of this because it's normal to feel these things like of that guilt or shame or whatever, but we really do need to like look at it and be aware of it and process it so that our children don't feel, don't, because if we have guilt, they're going to pick up on that guilt and then they're going to think that 
they caused that feeling in us, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. They can, they can like totally, especially projectors can like totally picked it up. My daughter, Caroline's a reflector. So she's like all the way open, which made me cry when I first, oh first realized it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be like a super empath and be so sensitive and like all of this <laughs> stuff. But we're getting there. We just went through, I'm recording this on the day of a full moon. And yesterday was like an emotional roller coaster so much because I'm super sensitive to that kind of stuff. And Caroline's a lunar being. Uh-huh. And it's just like, I need to like remind, like tell myself a week before each full moon to be like, okay, this is going to get a little bit crazy here around the few days around the full moon. But yeah, it's the shift to motherhood is like, I hope that that's something that we can all sort of talk about a little bit more. People always talk about like, oh, it's just so hard. Oh, it's just so hard and whatever. And it is hard. There's hard hard bad things and hard good things but we sometimes don't talk about the like specifics of it what has been what has been hardest for you on that on that shift to motherhood hmm I I do think the identity thing was definitely the hardest I mean at the very beginning it was obviously like the lack of sleep and all of that and just the the complete exhaustion and just overcoming that but I think, and when you mentioned the postpartum, like having a little bit of like postpartum depression or anxiety, I definitely think I did as well at the beginning, more anxiety, um, which it did dissipate, but then it's like, it almost resurfaced again around like yeah. 11 or like maybe like 12 or 13 months postpartum, mm-hmm. which was kind of crazy and unexpected. But I think it's just, it all kind of stems down to that identity shift and being able to like take the time to refill, especially as a manifestor, like refill my cup again, because it's so much time and effort, like taking care of, taking care of my family, taking care of the household, just all of the things that you have to balance as a parent. Um, and then on top of that, being able to prioritize and know that you have to give back to yourself. And I think like another really interesting thing uh, that kind of goes along with this is I was reading somewhere that within in a baby's first year, they don't really understand that concept of self yet. So even to like a child, like a baby, they identify with their mother a lot as their sense of self. And it's hard because you're almost sharing yourself at that point. It it almost feels like, you know, a little bit codependent because you're like, wow, this person relies so much on me and it's just, it can be very draining. Yeah, totally. I for, there's like some scientific word for that. I forget what it is, but yeah, that's definitely, definitely a thing. I also feel like for me before, so I was 35 when I had Caroline. So I had a good, you know, 15 years of independence and being my own person and all that kind of stuff before I had a child. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, before having her, I always like would create goals and reach the goals. I'd like figure out what to do and I'd succeed at it and blah, blah, you know, like over and over with anything that I wanted. And having a kid was the first time that I felt like I was failing. Do you know what I mean? Cause you can't gauge parenting. Like you can't be like, oh, you get an A plus. Oh, you got a promotion. <laughs> or do you know what I mean? There's no like scale for it, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. Yes. Someone I was just talking to recently about this, about a lot of different things, but one of the things was motherhood and that feeling of like failing a lot. 
And the person said to me, why don't you think about your week in term or your life in term of weeks instead of in term of, in term of days, because I was going through each day. And at the end of the day, I would be like, oh my gosh, like Reese was throwing, he threw five temper tantrums. We didn't eat a healthy dinner. Like, and I would be like, what, what good came of this? But then maybe the next day would be a perfect day. And it's like, when you look at it in terms of like a week or even a month, usually the good outweighs the bad, but it's so easy to get caught up in the bad and focus on the bad. Yeah. I mean, I was being hard on myself the other day for, I started a journal for Caroline whenever we found out we were pregnant and I would write in it. Uh Oh, I wrote a whole lot in it when I was pregnant. And then once she got here, I've written in it like three times in the past two years. And I'm like, oh, I suck as a mom because she's not going to like be able to look at memories from the first two years and da da da. And like, oh my God, what am I going to write in it to play catch up and to tell her all the crazy stuff that's been going on the last 18 months in the world and all of this stuff. And I was just like beating myself up for that. And I'm like, what? am I doing? Like, why do I like have such, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I put ridiculous expectations of the mom. And I think that if you're a parent and you're worrying about whether you're a good parent, you're a good parent. Do you know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. And I just need to like, let some of that go because putting those expectations of myself, like having you know, making sure I have memories that I've written out, handwritten out for her and all of that kind of stuff is like, I don't know. It's just making me uh, put more like ticks on the failure side than the, the, like I'm doing an awesome job side. Right. Exactly. And I, I mean, I'm so grateful for you and, and other mothers and people who have opened up and shared about this because it just, it makes me feel like, way more normal that like maybe something's not wrong it's just this is what motherhood is and it's beautiful I mean there's so many beautiful things about it and I mean feeling that way is is not great but it's it's something that makes you human and it's like it puts it in perspective that you're you're having your own human experience and I mean so is so are the children so it's just there's a lot of beauty in it as well but it's just so great to have to have women out there who are brave enough in, in being authentic and just sharing these things, sharing the good and sharing the tough. Yeah. It's so crazy too, because so I know you are, you know, a a quote unquote stay at home mom, but you still also work from home. Mm -hmm. And so doing that, like, there's like three, I think like buckets that mom fit into either stay at home, like just you know, not having any kind of business or job, which is hard. And then full-time mom where your kids are in full-time daycare or nannies, which is hard. And then middle of the road, which is sort of like us, which is like part-time, like working from home, which is hard. And I'm like, all three are hard (laughs) and in their own ways. And I, I coach so many moms who are in one of the buckets. They think that moving to one of the different buckets is going to make life better. And I'm like, no, if that's your thing, like I, my husband and I are really talking about moving out to the hill country and starting homesteading and whatever, which I'd be at home way more and do a lot less of my side jobs. But even that is going to have its own heart. It feels like more authentic for me and slowing like a slower way of life feels good for me and whatever, but it's going to have its own hard things because you have to go, you know, grow your own vegetables and 
feed the goats and all, all of that kind of stuff. Right. And it's, it's just funny because people are like, oh, but if I go to move to this bucket, if I stop working, it's going to be easier. And it's like, what? No. Being at home with your kids all the time is really hard. And it's every everything, no matter what people are putting on Instagram and whatever and making their life look beautiful, I always want to be like, show me the behind the scenes pictures and videos because that's where the real life stuff is, you know? Right. Oh my gosh. I would love to follow an account like that. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> I, know. I know it's so true. It's the grass is not greener, always greener on the other side. And there's so many moments where I've thought to myself, oh my gosh, was leaving my corporate career to do this the right decision? But then when I think of the alternative of working 13, 14 hours a day and never seeing Reese and having someone else race him completely, like that doesn't feel good for me either. So it's just knowing that whatever choice you make, it it's not going to be perfect, but it's got to feel good for you. What kind of processes have you gone through so far to sort of like either like mourn or grieve the person that you used to be and know that it's never life is never going to look like the same um, or tap into some of those things and know that parts of that person is still there and that we're just in a seat. Like, I think there's two aspects to it. Yes, you have to grieve. You'll always be a mother from here on out for the mm -hmm. rest of your life. So that's one thing. But also there, we are just going through a season, like raising young kids is a season. And I have friends who have older kids and they're like, yeah, every stage has its hard things. But like the, the under three and four is a really hard season. So just like know that you're in a season and you can tap back into those parts of you older, you know? Yeah. But I know. I didn't really ask a question anyways. Talk about what you want to do yeah. with that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a couple of things. I think as far as tapping back into who I used to be, it's been, it's been hard to, to kind of remember who I used to be, but I feel like lately now that things are opening up again and it's a little bit um, easier to be around other people. I've just been trying to like monthly do dinner and drinks with some of my girlfriends. Um, a lot of the, them are mo mothers as well. So it's kind of been good for both of us. And then having that, that space where it's adults and we're having adult conversations and we're not distracted by our kids. That's been so nice. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is just knowing that this is, like you said, it is just a season and, you know, one day, I think one of the things I do mourn is I'm someone who really, I, I don't like staying in one place, not as far as living, but like, I'm kind of sporadic and I used to like to just go do a weekend trip or, um, plan a vacation where we would go overseas and just things like that, that I know that's probably not going to going to happen for a while, but it will happen eventually. And it's like, once my son's older and I, we probably will have a second. And if we do once they're old enough, like we can have family trips and it, it'll just be different. It won't be the same, but it doesn't mean that that, that joy that I used to have in traveling is gone forever. So it's just having patience and just yeah. trying to really embrace, embrace the now. And I think also trying to find joy in the now has been something that's really been helpful for me and just realizing that there, there, maybe there's new experiences that I'm going through right now that one day I'm going to look back and be like, Oh my gosh, I really more not having that experience anymore. You know? Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Cause I like now we, we want to have a second child too, but dude, I mean, I don't know about you having a kid during the 
the pandemic, having your first child during the pandemic, <laughs> I sort of have some PTSD around that yes. of like, oh my God, is this get like, is that what it's going to be like with a second kid? I want to wait till all this is over to uh -huh. a second kid. Like, I don't know. So I have a few friends who had, who also had kids during the pandemic, but it was their like second or third kid. And I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't understand. Like this was not cool with your first one. Part no. of it was like, you were going to be home anyway, so that's fine. But like so much of the first year or so of having a kid is being able to get out and just walk the grocery store aisles or like do you know have like mommy play dates or whatever and not being able to do that was freaking maddening yes i agree so much and now i feel like i'm almost overdosing on those things because i'm like i know i can go to the grocery store okay let's do it and i'm like doing every mommy meetup that i can possibly do <laughs> that's okay that's okay um but it is true like now looking like i had such a hard time during all that and now looking back i'm like oh my gosh i was just so focusing on like all the negatives that i didn't enjoy that as much as i could have and whatever and i know that that's just normal life stuff that we always do where we have like regrets about not being present in the moment and whatever but you know and we're learning about that that was one thing i did want we don't have to talk about it for too long but you and i sort of walked through the book the presence process together tell me a couple of shifts you had from that because I'm, I'm excited for everybody to hear yeah oh my gosh that was such an eye-opening book for me i i mean the whole a lot of the book focuses on um your the experiences that you're going through now especially things that are triggering you it's like realizing that that's not truly the, the event that's happening currently isn't truly the thing triggering you or that person isn't truly the thing that's causing this feeling it's you're you're going through a process of feeling something that was imprinted on you as a child so for me it's just been so it's almost like a big weight off of my shoulders when there are certain things that like, I notice them triggering me over and over and over. And then when I start to stop and realize, no, this isn't this actually, the situation doesn't really bother me that much. It's just, I'm, my brain is kind of wired to feel this way whenever I see something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 100%. And, and so I think that has been really, really cool. Um, and then I think the other thing that comes along with it is just trying to catch myself in the moment and be more present. And I think it couldn't have come at a better time with having Reese because I do want to remember all these little moments and I know it's going to be hard to do so, but I mean, before reading the book, I was constantly thinking about a hundred other things. I would yeah. be with him, but I would also be thinking about how I need to get the dishes done and we haven't bought groceries this week and yeah. everything else. And, oh my gosh, we already have to think about preschool and he's only however old. And so I felt like I was constantly living in the future or worrying about something from my past. And I think reading that book has just really helped me to like catch myself in those moments and just stop and then just try to focus on the present. Yeah. I feel like that too. Like I'm like every, every new mom, I gift the presence process book or anybody who's getting ready to have a kid. I'm like, read this before you give birth because it will change your life. Like it's not a parenting book per se, but dude, it like really shifts your priorities. I don't know. I'm just like so thankful for that. I really want to sort of create either like a book club about it or a course sort of walking through it slowly. I know that you and I did it over like yeah. three weeks. I don't feel like that was long enough. So I'm going to, I'm going to play around with that, but um, it, it's like, it, that was a really special book and it was fun hearing how it was helpful for you. And yeah, it was, 
it was really a great book. And I feel like also it, it kind of um, made me realize in certain situations that Reese was, my son was almost mirroring back to me something that maybe I had felt in my past. And it's like, that was very interesting too, to see how that intertwined. Yeah. Just so, so you guys know, if you want to go check out the book, I'll put it in the show notes. It's, there's like half of the book is like explaining all of this, like subconscious mind stuff, um, the process of practicing being present and all of that kind of stuff. And then half of the book is like a 10 week experiment that you don't have to do, but you could like, even I think you and I, the first time we talked about it, we didn't do the whole 10 week thing. We just sort of read through it and chatted and applied certain things to daily life. So don't get scared and feel like you like have to do the 10 week thing if you don't want to, or if it doesn't feel like the right time for you, even just reading through the book. Yeah, I agree completely. It definitely shifted my perspective a lot. Well, I think that I know that we have mainly moms listening. We don't all have like an hour or two per day to listen to podcast (laughs) episode, but I so appreciate you coming on and just chatting with me a little bit about the vulnerabilities of motherhood and, and your human design type and your son and all of that kind of stuff. And I might have to have you back on once our little ones are a little older and see what all we've learned in this next year too. Yes, I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. I did too. And I hope everybody listening enjoyed this episode. I will um, get all of the information that we talked about into the show notes. So if you want to check out that podcast I referenced or the book or whatever, they will be down in the show notes. And thank you so much, Kyla, for coming on. I appreciate you. You too. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at Woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect.